Hi, I'm Doug Bennett. Welcome to my podcast, Goals Do Come True. In 2004, I wrote 11 goals in a 59p notebook and it got tucked away in the drawer. When I found it again five years later, I found that I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals that I'd written down. So I set myself some more challenging goals and I now find myself in a completely different financial position. So listen in to the secrets of how goals do come true. Right, good morning everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Goals Do Come True. Today I'm excited to say I'm joined by Stephen Green. He's the CEO of 10 successful businesses which include a £6 million property portfolio. £6 million property portfolio, that's massive. He's recognised as one of the UK's leading property business coaches, being awarded five times in the last two years. He's been featured on BBC Two, ITV, Channel 5's Rich House, Poor House, and has been featured in all major newspapers, plus he's a best-selling author. I know he's working on another book at the moment, and I can't wait for that one to come out. He spent 12 years in the British Army, passing arguably the military's most arduous course, and was awarded the Maroon Beret. That's Paris, I believe. That's right, yeah. Excellent. More recently, he was officially selected by Gold Movie Awards for Documentary of the Year 2021 and is training for a world record. Now, I think you might have done the world record, but we'll come into that anyway. And through his marketing techniques, which he claims very, very few business owners use, he's managed to get over 10 million organic views and teaches others how they can do the same. So, Stephen, thank you very much for joining me. Let's get going. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do we start, Doug? What do you want to know? In a nutshell, so I had a bit of a, a bizarre upbringing in some ways. I mean, it was the, I think, relationship breakups. I think is it one in three relationships break up anyway. So a lot of kids have come from a, a broken relationship background. I think for myself was probably the fact that both my parents suffered from mental health and my dad, he, uh, he came out of hospital and lost a lot of weight. I mean, he was a thin guy anyway. He came out of hospital. He had stomach ulcers from all the worrying and stuff like that. And he was nine stone. And uh, he just decided to do a, get into a bit of fitness, do a bit of weights. And he went from nine stone up to about 13 stone and built himself into this really strong, robust athlete. It's bizarre because he, he suffers from mental health. But then in some aspects, he's very mentally strong in terms of his, his physical side. And uh, he built himself up to be uh, very, very fit, very strong. And that sort of got taken out of me because he started to look at himself and thinking, if only I'd have done this from a kid, what could I have been? Yeah. And at the time, I was sort of eight, nine-year-old. And uh, that came out of me. So he bought me a bike and... It was road bike, and it was pretty much right. This is what we're going to be doing. And on my very first ride, he took me. It was 15 mile. Wow. And I remember my grandma and stuff like that going mad with him. But he just pushed me to a level that, to breaking point on, on a few occasions, and because of his mental health, there'd be times where he wouldn't speak for two or three weeks at a time. And as a young kid, I used to think that that was my fault. So my way of getting recognition off my dad and what I thought would make him feel better was for me to put effort in when I was doing my physical activities. So I guess he was sort of moulding this, what I am today. 
from this very hard, disciplined type upbringing that I had with him. That's interesting. It's, uh, you know, it's our environment that really does determine how we're going to end up in the future. So that's something for, you know, certainly parents, I reckon. Just make sure that you're bringing your kids up in the right environment. Absolutely. Yeah, completely. Okay, so the podcast is all about goals and how they do come true. So have you got any big goals going on at the moment? I mean, I know, yeah, there's, I'm not going to steal your thunder. You tell us all about. There's a couple of things been going on recently. Yeah, so most recently, uh, my goal was to uh, attempt to do a, a double Ironman back-to-back, which hadn't been done consecutively. So double Ironmans have been done, triple Ironmans and things like that have been done. What they tend to do is they'll put the swims together, the runs together, the bikes together, because it cuts down on transition time and the amount of time wasted. So I attempted to do a a double Ironman. So it was the 2.4-mile swim, 112 mile on the bike, and then run a full marathon, and then start the process again. So go back into the water, into the River Tees, do another 2.4-mile swim, another 112, and then run another marathon. And that was the first person recorded to do that. So I actually uh, picked up a world record for that, 280 mile in total in uh, 37 hours. But yes, that, it was that a, is a incredible. Pretty, pretty big goal. That's incredible. How long did you train for that one? It was only around about four months. So mm. I was very fit in the military. I was passing P company and being a, an army PTI. I, I was very fit. And that sort of carried on from my childhood. And when I came out of the army in 2010, I actually said I was never going to run ever again. I was that sick of just physical training all of my life from a young age, 20 odd years of just being forced to do it because I was forced to do it as a kid, all the way up to sort of 14, 15 year old with my dad. And then uh, going into the army and being forced to do it as well. So I I just had that put upon me. So when I come out, I just said I was never going to do it again. So I had 10 years of just training in the gym. I was still training regular. I was like four or five times a week I would train. I would eat healthy. So it's not like I wasn't doing anything. But then the last sort of couple of years, I've had a niche, like sort of thinking, wonder what I am still capable of doing because I was at a very high level in the military and I just had an itch to scratch, so I, I spoke with a few mates and said, what can I do? And they said, if you want a real tough challenge, uh, you want to look at an Ironman. That's probably one of the hardest one-day events you're going to do in the world. So I looked at the Ironman, and I thought, yeah, looks tough, that. But I thought it's still not enough to motivate me to uh, to really come back and, and adapt my body because I was training with weights I knew I'd have to lose weight I knew I'd have to completely change my diet I'd have to change my body composition so if I was going to make all them sacrifices and, and them changes it had to be something bigger than that and that's where I came up with a crazy idea of doing two back to back you are nuts right yeah probably I mean that's crazy I mean I've run in the London Marathon yeah. I didn't run it I ran in it yeah. for some of it, and I know what training I had to do for that. So, so to throw all of the other stuff, that's immense. That's incredible. Yeah, it was about 16 weeks training in total. Well, that in itself is something, but yeah, obviously the base material that was there was obviously pretty cool. Yeah. So 
hats off to you in that respect. So having done that, I mean, now what are you going to do? So the next goal, <clears throat> funnily enough, I've just been for a run this morning and it was only a two mile run. So considering I did 280 mile uh, just over a month ago, I'm really struggling right now. My body after that just literally broke down. So my Achilles felt like it was going to snap my knees. So even this morning doing a two mile run, I'm in pain. And that's after four and a half weeks now. And, and I've not done a great deal. So I've done quite a bit of damage to my body in terms of that load I've put through it. And the fact that I didn't sleep as well in between the two, that's where that compound effect really starts to build up on your body when you've been training over 24 hours yeah. and um, you've had no sleep. It starts to obviously build. So the plan now is to sort of just tick along for a couple of months. I've had to accept now I'm not going to jump straight back into things and do anything crazy. My no. body just basically said no. Yeah, it's um, had enough. Yeah, so now. I overruled the body with my mind. But obviously, you can do that, but you're going to pay the price for doing that. And I, I'm certainly paying the price now. But the plan is sort of April, May time next year, if I can get myself healed again and then build my fitness up, I am going to attempt to do... I believe the human body is capable of doing four Ironmans back-to-back with no sleep. Whether I'm the person to do that, I don't know. But the curiosity is there. So, um, Have you laid this one out into the world previously, or is this a first that we've got here, that the nutter Stephen Green is going to do four back-to-back Ironmans? Yeah. It's out there now. You know, Even if you haven't put it, it it's out there. So Absolutely. my hundreds and hundreds of listeners. Yeah. Right. Well, no. Yeah, absolutely. The, the reason why I think four is possible is when I've looked at the most extreme world records that have he- ever been set, they're usually around about 75 to 80 hours consistently with no sleep. Right. And that's been done in a few areas like cycling. Yeah. or running. So the guy who holds the world record, he ran 350 mile non-stop. So these ultra, ultra, the ones that have sort of sat there for 15, 20 years and haven't been beaten, they tend to be people, the body can operate for around about three and a half to four days without any sleep of continuous. So within that time frame, it would be possible to do four Ironmans. That's where I've got the thing from obviously it is a bit harder doing triathlon because you're doing multi-events it's mm. not like you're just doing one event you're having to train for three different disciplines which yeah. makes it even harder but i do think it's possible i know i've got the mindset to do it absolutely there's no question at all that that i'm willing to go to that place of pain and i've got the ability to continue it's just would the body hold out that would be the question yeah okay so it's all about mindset then yeah, absolutely. What, what's the name of your new book? The new book's going to be called Discipline, which you can see in the background. Discipline, actually, right. Uh, got me discipline. Awesome, the, awesome. So that's, the, uh, that's the brand. And that is the discipline brand that I, that I use is my mindset model. So each of them letters within the discipline model all represent a different thing. And the 10 steps which we all need for success in any area of life, regardless what that is. Okay, well, look, I don't know if the rest of the world's going to be able to come anywhere near multiple Ironmans. And sure, if you only do three, like, still 
<laughs> it's still a record oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still a record anyway. But you know, for yeah, that's pretty cool. But I think for us mere mortals, right? I think we need your book. Yeah. All right. So that's my challenge to you. All right, is to get that bloody book out because I know it's been sat in the back of your brain for yeah. I don't know how long. Yeah. All right, because we all need something like that. That's yeah. what we need. And this is the thing, Doug. You say us mere mortals. I am no different. And this is the thing which I teach the people. And I've proven the point off the back of this now. So I believe every single one of us are capable of a lot more than what we're achieving right now, including myself. The human body, what we're capable of, we've just got unlimited potential. So off the back of doing that, we had people who joined us on the last run. So people joined me on the last marathon and they'd never ran anything more than sort of eight or nine miles. Why I was out doing the 280 mile, I did a live so that my team were filming me and I basically called people out and I said, every single one of you is watching this live now are capable of running a marathon. So people came out and they actually ran a full marathon. They hadn't trained. They'd maybe been running five, six miles. And we had about six people who'd run a marathon for the first time because they looked at it and went, well, if he can do two marathons, 224 miles on a bike, and swim 4.8 miles, I can do a marathon. So after the event, once I'd done it, the amount of people now that I called out and said, go run two marathons back to back. And they're attempting it on the 18th of December. So we've got people who've done no exercise at all that are doing half marathons. People who've done five, six mile runs are doing marathons. And anyone that's sort of done a half marathon are attempting to do a double. And they've just had that shift in belief because they've seen me do what I've done. It's kind of like, well, if he's done that, maybe I can run two marathons back to back. And that's all it is. If we believe we can achieve anything, it's as simple as that. That's incredible. I enjoyed listening to this sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, one of the questions I typically ask my guests is, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals. But, you know, I think you've just like knocked them out of the park, really. But do you write your goals down at all? Or is it yeah. all? So tell no, us about absolutely. that. <clears throat> goals must be written down. So I have a goal setting model. I'll share it with you if you want. The fact yes, please. That this around goals so i believe that there's a certain procedure for setting any goal people might not like this what i'm about to say i should have maybe touched base with you but i actually slate smart goals i think that they're they're not comprehensive enough fair so enough i believe that the steps to dead quickly smart goals should a goal be specific yes should a goal be measurable yes achievable and realistic People will always set goals in line with the current beliefs. So they'll always restrict themselves. You need to set a goal that's too big for you in order for you to grow into the person that, that can achieve them goals. The, the last letter in the SMART is time. Should a goal be timed? Absolutely. So taking the points out of the SMART model that I believe should be in a goal model, I use the goal model lasting. So it's my own model. So the L is... Learn your why. So why are you setting that goal in the first place? Because the amount of people who set goals and they don't even know why they're setting them, they've got no meaning to them. So ask yourself, why am I setting this goal before you even go out and set any goal? The A in the lasting is aligned. 
Are your goals aligned with your vision? So I say the big vision is the place where we, we're aiming for, the, where we want to go, and the goals are stepping stones towards that vision. So the goals must be aligned with the vision. The S is from the SMART, which is specific. The T is timed, which is out of SMART. The I, now this is the most, probably the most important one, and the reason most people don't achieve the goals, is when we set a goal, we're in a certain state. So i.e. in 1st of January and we go, I'm going to lose two stone in weight, or I'm going to do this, whatever it is. We're in a certain state. So we set that goal and it's all good, and we're feeling fired up, and it's like, yeah, new year, new day, new me. But the issue is our emotions change, our state changes. So when that state changes and you've now got to go out for that run or choose the chicken breast over a pizza, it becomes difficult and that's where we get resistance and then we drop off the wagon and the goal doesn't get achieved. So what we need to do is the iron lasting is invite challenges. So we need to look at what will go wrong? What challenges are we going to have in order to get from where we are to where we want to be? And we need to accept that the problems that are coming are good because without them problems, we can't possibly grow. Yeah. And if we didn't have the problems, we'd already be at the place where we wanted to go. So we write a list of things that are likely to throw us off track. So when they come up, we've got the answer to them. If it's a different problem that we didn't... Um, sort of plan for you train in the mind to look for solutions which automatically even if it's something else we can then get around it so that's the i and it's mega important that's invite challenges and then the n is noted which means it has to be written down so the answer to your question yes a goal must be written down and the g is gaugeable which is the same as measurable a goal must be you must be able to measure it so that's lasting goals, and that's what I teach. Lasting uh, goals. Love yeah. it. I love it. I, you know, okay, in my book, I mentioned smart goals, yeah. right? But it's a startup manual. There's so many people out there just don't have goals anyway. Yeah. You know, so um, smart is, you know, it's been around. It's a good starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the key things in there, three of the letters out of five are essential. I just find the problem is the achievable and realistic, it's the meaning that people apply to them. Yeah. And that's where it can go wrong because unrealistic people like Edison, the Wright brothers, Alexander Bell, uh, Walt Disney, people who were unrealistic changed the world that we live in today. And if people want to be truly awesome, they should be setting unrealistic goals. I love it. Well, that's a you know. There's not a great deal that you can say to that, except that was awesome. And we've got to find lasting goals. Yeah. That's it. That, that's it. Lasting goals. So that's it. I'm going to have to rewrite my book. Oh, no, I can't do that because you've probably got it nailed, right? You've TM'd that. You've got that trademark, surely. I have. The, the lasting, <laughs> you mean, yeah. Lasting. Excellent. All right. So... I know you've got a couple more of these to do today. So um, I think we'll, what we'll do is bring it to a close. But I just want one amazing nugget from you. One amazing nugget from me, Doug, 
this is the reason why I'm resistant against smart goals. Smart goals is a great framework. Don't get me wrong. I used to use smart goals myself. I was taught smart goals in the army. And as you said, it's a great start for building a structure. So I get why it's probably the most used model in the world. But the thing which I'm talking about is that next level. Do we want to be average or do you want to be awesome? Because there's a difference here. Do you want to set goals or do you want to set world record goals? At what level do you want to play at? And every single person who's listening to this is capable of more than what they believe right now. And I believe in you and everybody else who's listening to this that you are capable of more. Step into that awesomeness. That's it. That's it, folks. Need to get some discipline. We need this man to get his book out there so that we can all benefit from it. There's going to be a batch of stuff in the show notes. If you're into property, you know, then he's got a book out about that. I think his daughter's written one, probably with his help, I imagine. Or did she write it all herself? No, practically 80% of that book was written by herself, so... She actually teaches the discipline model. She's 11-year-old now, but when she was nine, she spoke to an audience of 180 people and taught them because I've drummed mindset into her from a very young age. So, There you go. We all need a dad like Stephen Green, right? Okay. So, folks, that's it. I'm going to have to bring this to an end. We could probably talk all day because, uh, you know, the man's got so many tales, so many stories. So many exciting things that he's done in his life, putting three quid into his car because that's all he had to pay for petrol. I mean, you know, that's when it gets a little bit tough. But looking at him now, he's he's mega. Stephen, thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, we'll catch up soon and hear more about your story. We'll get you back on as soon as that book's done. All right. Doug, I've absolutely loved that. And uh, just a little shout out to yourself. I think people don't realise the importance of goals. So to have a podcast that's purely around goal setting, well done for you, because uh, if people can just adopt that one thing, it'll change their life. I agree with that. And why wouldn't I? Thanks very much, mate. You take care, all right? Take care, dog. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify. I'd love to hear about your goals. You can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk. 